Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCU sense of theme here hey it's gary and shannon uh thanks for downloading listening to uh the podcast of the gary and shannon show now if you want to listen to it live you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m until 2 p.m in the greater los angeles area on kfi am 640 or you can go onto the iheart radio app and just type in kfi and listen live listen to old shows etc make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. You feel it, baby? Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. All right. Guess what year that great song is from? 1982. The year that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford claims she was sexually assaulted by Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Our national nightmare is not over. We are waiting uh, at the bottom of the hour, and when it happens, we will go to it live. The Senate Judiciary Committee is expected to vote on the Kavanaugh nomination and send it to the full Senate. It appears that unless there is some dramatic swing at the last minute, he will be voted through down party lines, uh, 11 to 10 Republicans to Democrats on that committee. And um, and the Senate vote to confirm Kavanaugh could happen uh, Monday. So we will follow that as it happens. There may be a little bit of delay. Uh, Cory Booker, I think, spoke. This, they've been speaking all morning. Uh, this is, you know, their big, great moment in the sun there where they not a Spartacus moment, as he believes he's as he stated earlier. But um, he must have talked for about 30 minutes. And, um, you know, I used to like him when he was the mayor of Newark. And he's kind of turning into a, a caricature. It's been fascinating. Um, so when that happens at 1030, we'll go to it. Uh, news breaking overnight, the American Bar Association is now uh, urging the FBI to do an investigation into the claims of Dr. Ford and others and to postpone the vote on him. This is after the standing committee of the Bar Association gave Kavanaugh its highest recommendation to become a justice on the Supreme Court, something he alluded to yesterday. But Senator Grassley said this morning that while the ABA has put out this statement, the standing committee is not part of it. I want to, as we await this vote, focus on... Uh, a couple of people uh, in this event, not just Judge Kavanaugh, because yesterday, I would say the general consensus is they were both deemed credible, uh, Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh. Obviously, they can't both be right. Either someone is lying or someone has been confused about their past. Hers a case of mistaken identity, which could very well be the case. Him, perhaps he... Uh, did drink so much that he doesn't remember the incident. But a lot of focus has been on the senior senator from California, Dianne Feinstein.
Because Dr. Ford sent her this letter. She received it at the end of July, and she insisted on anonymity. That's why the senator says she did not bring it to anybody's attention sooner, although Grassley says she could have brought it to him confidentially. Uh, And that she did not leak this letter, that she only uh, came forward with Dr. Ford after the letter was leaked. So the question is, who leaked the letter? Who blew the cover on Christine Blasey Ford? Uh, According to Dr. Ford, only Senator Feinstein knew about it. Her local congresswoman, Congressman Escher, knew about it. And her attorneys knew about it. One of those attorneys was provided to her through the – was recommended – through Feinstein's staff. By the way, the attorneys are still say they're working pro bono. Um, I, I'm really for publicity. Who's paying? I always say, follow the money, follow the money. So late after and late in the afternoon yesterday, uh, Diane Feinstein felt she needed to uh, protect, uh, defend her reputation and that of her staff for being for all these accusations. Uh, but at that point, Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, asked her. Uh, all right, you say you didn't leak it. What about your staff? Cut nine. I mean, yeah, cut Can nine. Can you tell us that your staff did not leak it? Oh, I don't believe my staff would leak it. I have not asked that question directly, but do you, I do, do you, not believe do you know they that? would. I mean, how in the world could that get in the hands of the of the press? The answer is the people... no. The staff have you, have you asked did your, not. Have you asked your staff or other I staff members on the Judiciary Committee? They, they, pardon me? Well, Jennifer reminds me I've asked her before about it, and that's true. Uh, You know, by the way, the median age on that committee has to be 80 years old. So she sounds a little baffled and befuddled there. Uh, She has now seen her lead in the polls against Kevin DeLeon narrow to only 11 points. That's still a double-digit lead. And the fact is about 23% of the electorate in this particular poll says they're not going to vote for anybody. I mean, if you're a Republican in this state, yeah, who are you going to vote for? Feinstein or De Leon? You'll probably vote for Feinstein over De Leon uh, and then just roll the dice and see what happens. Or you're just not going to vote at all. However, I will say she said something this morning, and I never, ever, ever, ever say this. I agreed with her on it. As I watched both witnesses yesterday, I got a peek into a world I don't have a lot of experience with. I certainly had no experience with growing up. The world of prep schools, the uh, country clubs, the ruling class, the fact that Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh went to the same prep school, I think is very telling about how you get to positions of power in this country. And while I found... I actually thought Dr. Ford was a little entitled, too, as well, trying to dictate the terms of the hearing and, you know, making sure she had caffeine. You know, okay, whatever. But Kavanaugh, after what I thought was a really impassioned and dramatic and powerful opening statement, then started to get a little snippy, tried to be a little cute, started getting a little angry. And I started to think to myself, regardless of what you may or may not have done over 30 years ago, You're kind of a, do I want someone with this temperament, this prickly, this prone to anger? What do you like after a couple beers, by the way, on the Supreme Court of the United States? And this is something that Feinstein brought up this morning. Cut 10. In the 25 years on this committee, I have never seen a nominee for any position behave in that manner. 
Judge Kavanaugh used as much political rhetoric as my Republican colleagues. And what's more, he went on the attack. He yelled at Democrats for having the temerity to express our frustration for not having access to over 90 percent of his record and said that some Democratic members were, quote, an embarrassment, end quote. He'd accused Democrats of, quote, lying in wait, end quote, and replacing, quote, advice and consent with search and destroy, end quote. He even went so far as to say that Dr. Ford's allegations were nothing more than, quote, a calculated and orchestrated political hit, fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2018 election, end quote, and, quote, revenge on behalf of the Clintons, end quote. Unbelievable. This was not someone who reflected an impartial temperament or the fairness and even-handedness one would see in a judge. This was someone who was aggressive and belligerent. I have never seen someone who wants to be elevated to the highest court in our country behave in that manner. She's right. And he has every justification if he's innocent to be angry. But the way he comported himself was not what one expects from. Granted, we are all human beings. We are all flawed. And uh, and who knows how any of us would behave if innocent in that situation. But we aren't trying to be nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Um, And and I found his his demeanor yesterday passion, which I thought was powerful. But then the questioning that bothered me more than anything. We're going to have more on this when we come back. But first, if you're looking to win some money, listen up. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Okay, answer the phone, even if it's from a number you don't recognize, which is what I always do. No, no, this time, if you do that texting, answer the phone. It could be the money. Your next chance to win is next hour, and if you have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. Yes, we are playing music from 1982 as we await the vote on uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, which will be starting at the bottom of the hour. By the way, if you are a Facebook user and you were asked to log in today, that may be because Facebook has announced a hack of almost 50 million users, which they caught. So um, Yes, they, they said they have fixed the vulnerability. Yeah. Yes, well, and, and of course I believe them. Back to Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, it's National Beer Day, and as I said before the break, well, is I, it really? It is. Oh my God! Unbelievably. Well, <laughs> I, I, uh, I can only imagine what he's going through, and appreciated the passion and the and the emotion yesterday during the Q and A. I thought he got snippy, and I thought he thought he got a little too cute for what's going on. It was a little frat boyish at times, I thought. But he loved to talk about beer because, of course, it's all about high school and our what we said in our high school yearbook and all this kind of thing. And so he admitted that he liked. To drink beer, and he said it so much that Deadspin cut it all together. Here's what it sounded I like. I drank beer with my friends. Sometimes I had too many beers. I liked beer. 
I still like beer. Had beers, have some beers. One beer, drink beer, drinks beer, drank beer, and drinking beer. <laughs> You've probably had beers, Senator. Each week, Ralph Club, biggest contributor. You know, I got a weak stomach, whether it's with beer. I like you beer. You that. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, what do you like to drink? Next one. Hanging out and having some beers with friends. That may actually make you like him better. Uh and then um, there have been some questions now raised about his explanation of what Devil's Triangle is, which he called a drinking game, which traditionally has meant uh, a menage a trois. It's it does? A sec- yes. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Well, <laughs> when you've been around as long as I have. No, I didn't know it either. Uh, but immediately after he explained it as being a drinking game, we'll listen to uh, some of uh, Sheldon Whitehouse's um, uh, questioning of Judge Kavanaugh about this yesterday. Have you, I don't know if it's buffed or boofed, how do you pronounce that? That refers to flatulence. We were 16. Okay. <laughs> and so when... Okay, stop that just for a second. Uh, Has anyone ever said boofed to mean a fart? Because to me, boofed means... Um, what does it mean? I've never even heard the yeah, term Okay. Uh, if you have a kid in the car, turn it down. Uh, it, it traditionally means um, a sexual act or potentially a sexual act not in the usual orifice. How do I not know any of these right, terms? We'll I've never later. heard we'll any later. of this. Okay. Yeah, I need an education. All right, continue playing. Okay. And so when uh, your friend Mark Judge said the same, put the same thing in his yearbook page back to you, he had the same meaning. It was flatulence. I don't know what he did, but that's my recollection. We want to talk about flatulence at age 16 on a yearbook page. I'm, I'm game. Devil's Triangle? Drinking game. How's it played? Three glasses in a triangle. And? You ever played quarters? No. Okay. It's a quarters game. I mean, I really can't believe that this is what it's come to. But what was wilder than this is immediately after that testimony, somebody went on the Wikipedia page for Devil's Triangle and changed it to also include it being a drinking game. There's some suspicion of who did that. It has since been removed. But that's where we are, folks, in 2018. Asking a 53-year-old federal judge uh, what he meant by boofed in his yearbook back when he was a teenager. And the question is, was he telling the truth in 2018? I don't care what it meant. You know, if he would have said, oh, you know, we said all kinds of stupid things back then. And Devil's Triangle is a sexual act because, you know, we were all trying to look cool and we weren't. But I was, you know, I was a kid. That I believe. Telling me the Devil's Triangle is suddenly a drinking game, which I've never heard of, in 2018, when you're trying to get on the Supreme Court. It's the things like that that make me go, oh, well, huh, wait a minute. Okay, when we come back, this uh, hearing should be kicking off the the vote on Judge Kavanaugh. There's been some drama over whether or not he will actually uh, get a majority vote if Jeff Flake may change to the Democrat side. Oh, standing by. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. AM 640 is Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. Any minute now, we're going to go into the Senate Judiciary Committee as they prepare to vote. Unless there is some last-minute shocker, Brett Kavanaugh will be um, voted, approved by the committee and sent then to the full Senate for the full Senate's approval. The full Senate could actually go ahead and vote no matter what the committee does. Uh, the a Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has made that clear. Yeah, for 
for Clarence Thomas, it was a tie. Oh, they, they had an even number on the panel then, huh? Mm-hmm. Or at least voting. And then he got through, I think it was 52-48. There you go. Well, it's a slim, I think, the, what is it, a there's only 51 Republicans in the Senate, I believe. Yep. So if more than one flips, well, if he's one done. flips, you got a tie, and then Pence comes in. Yeah, you right. got to have more than one. You're right. You're right. right. And and also there's just uh, I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that Jeff Flake got cornered in an elevator. Yeah. And then after that, that some some of the lawmakers apparently pulled him aside and have been lobbying him pretty hard, and he hasn't said anything or been seen since then. So. Right. This is why we could have a last minute. Well, would nothing surprise us at this point? Um, Yes, apparently Diane Feinstein was overheard on a hot mic there as they were huddling, saying something about Jeff, blah, 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 could force it if he wants to, blah, blah, blah. We have no idea what that means, but I'm going to go ahead and jump to conclusions because I'm now in my talk radio host hat, not my journalist hat. <laughs> and my talk radio host hat will say perhaps he's being pushed uh, to force an FBI investigation, which would cause a delay. But, you know, they could go ahead and, and do it very quickly. While we're waiting, there has been some question about why Mark Judge has not been subpoenaed. This was the other person that Dr. Ford claims was in the room when this alleged assault happened back in 1982. Uh, It turns out Mark Judge, at least the way he's being portrayed, has had a bit of a bit of a tough life. And he well, he's and he said that in an in a letter to the committee this morning. Right. And I'm going to read that letter to you now, whether or not. Uh, He's using that as cover to avoid this or whether or not he, you know, because who wants this? I would use anything to avoid this. You know what I'm saying? I would I I would. uh, But he um, he did say to Chairman Grassley and the ranking member Feinstein, as I stated in as I stated in my attorney, Barbara Von Gelder's September 18, 2018 letter. I did not ask to be involved in this matter, nor did anyone ask me to be involved. We have told the committee that I do not want to comment about these events publicly as a recovering alcoholic and a cancer survivor. He had leukemia, Kavanaugh said yesterday. I have struggled with depression and anxiety. As a result, I avoid public speaking. He said, Brett Kavanaugh and I were friends in high school, but we have not spoken directly in several years. I do not recall the events described by Dr. Ford in her testimony. Now, do not recall is different than saying they never happened. I do not recall the events described by Dr. Ford in her testimony before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee today. I never saw Brett act. This is a never. I never saw Brett act in the manner Dr. Ford describes. I am knowingly submitting this letter under penalty of felony. And then he signed it. The Democrats have said, well, that's not really good enough. We need to get the guy in here. But, oh, my gosh, you know, could they do it at a closed hearing? Could they subpoena him? And because of his anxiety and depression, I have no idea well, isn't that what, what the, part of the argument was from the from the Republican side was if you would have brought this up the correct way when we originally got the letter, we could have investigated it quietly and not had this big spectacle. Right. As it, opposed it, it, to it, waiting until the last second. Exactly. And then crying foul because there's no time to. And the same with Dr. It. Ford. Uh, Grassley has said from the beginning, if Feinstein had come to him saying, uh, I have this, you must keep this confidential. He says, look, I've been in the Senate for decades and have been able to keep confidentiality uh we could have gone to the fbi and we we could have confidentially investigated this um feinstein has been saying i was honoring her request and we still don't know we still don't know who leaked her letter which made this all public at the last minute and forced this issue Um, and the only people who had it were feinstein's office correct 
her legal counsel, and I think Eshoo had it, yes, too. Yes, yes, she did. And so nobody has talked to her about whether or not uh, Representative Eshoo uh, released it. Lindsey Graham this morning was trying to hint that maybe it was Ford's own attorneys, which to me would be absolutely astonishing that your own legal counsel would leak that letter without your consent. Now, that begs the question, did they do it with her consent or did they do it because they're working pro bono and one of them was uh, suggested by the Feinstein team and they forced the issue? That person would obviously have to be disbarred. I mean, that is just beyond the pale. So somebody leaked this. Did Dr. Ford leak it? I can't imagine she would. But nothing is impossible. Why would she leak it? It has ruined her life. Her family has had to move twice. They have GoFundMe campaigns, she says, to pay for their own security. Um, I don't know. I go back to political staff because we know what a leaky sieve it is in Washington. Um, and it's just uh, anything is possible. Have you been able to determine if Jeff Flake is back in the room yet? Because they're they're now eight minutes late, and I'm trying to see if it's because they're waiting on people. I uh, well, Feinstein, I don't see Feinstein there. No, they said some of them are sitting down, but they're still missing a few. And they're now saying like seven to eight minutes away from the vote. Well, while we do that, one of my, I thought, the most powerful moments yesterday is one of the – folks, if you weren't watching, you missed one of the greatest – moments, I think, a political speech, um, at least in the last 50 years, whether or not you agree with him, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham gave a, a, the speech of his lifetime. And I just want, while we wait for this to start, I just want to play, I just want to play it for you. Cut eight. Are you aware that at 9.23, on the night of July the 9th, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 23 minutes after your nomination, I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan majority will do the same. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said all oh, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham, that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. 
She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job. Do you consider that you've been through a job interview? I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would you I've, say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden, you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person, the ABA. The one thing I can tell you you should be proud of, Ashley, you should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well, and I intend to vote for you, and I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. That was Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina yesterday during the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. An amazing speech. We are still waiting for this vote by the Senate Judiciary Committee, but it appears to be delayed. There are only a few senators sitting in their seats. Most have disappeared. The networks are reporting there is drama playing out behind the scenes that both Democrats and GOP members are huddling in talks. What that means, we don't know. We're going to take a break now, though, and uh, update you with what we do know when we come back. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. This is Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. The Senate Judiciary Committee vote on Brett Kavanaugh, if they do vote, is about to take place. So we will listen to that hearing right now. Grassley just said that they are going to take action, but now he's waiting to see if they have a quorum because the Democrats are not in the room. As you pointed out, most of them have cornered Republican Jeff Flake from Arizona uh, and have been speaking who knows what to him during this, this delay. All right, I see more Democrats walking yeah, in. Yeah, Klobuchar is back uh, in now. As a as a point of personal privilege, I'm going to call on Senator Flake to speak. Uh, normally, we would start the vote right now, but as a point of personal privilege, I would call on Senator Flake. Oh, thank you. Um, 
I uh, have been speaking with a number of people on the other side. We've had conversations ongoing for a while uh, with regard to um, making sure that we do due diligence here. And I think it would be uh, proper to delay the floor vote uh, for up to but not more than one week uh, in order to let the FBI um, continue uh, to do an investigation limited in time and scope uh, to the current allegations that are there and uh, limit in time to no more than one week. And I, I will vote to advance the bill uh, to the floor with that understanding. And I, I've spoken to a few other members uh, um, who uh, on my side of the aisle that may be supportive as well. But that's my position. I, I think that, uh, that we, we ought to do what we can to make sure that, uh, that we do all due diligence with a nomination this important. And I want to say that this committee has acted properly, and uh, the chairman has been over backwards uh, to do investigations from this committee and to delay this vote in this committee for a week so that Judge – or that, uh, that Ms. Ford – Dr. Ford could be heard, and she was yesterday. Uh, so, so that's with that agreement, uh, I will vote to advance the bill to the floor. Clerk uh, will call the roll. Just wait, just one second. Can can Diane speak? The could we have a description? Of yeah, what are we voting on? Let's see. We are voting on the motion to report the nomination to the floor. The clerk will call the roll. Uh, wait, that's not my understanding of what. Mr. Chairman, let the senator explain it. Uh, he that, that is my, under, my, my understanding, and if the Democrats could speak to it, if Chris or, or you, as we oh. talked about before, that the Democrats would accept and endorse a, a one-week uh, FBI investigation limited in time and scope. Censure well, the deciding... Since you're the deciding vote here, we'll vote, and then if there's any sort of discussion, we'll go do that after the vote. Call the roll. Mr. Hatch. Aye. Mr. Graham. Aye. Mr. Cornyn. Aye. Mr. Lee. Aye. Mr. Cruz. Aye. Mr. Sanders. Aye. Mr. Blake. Aye. Mr. Aye. Mr. Tillis. Aye. Mr. Kennedy. This is Aye. On the nominee. Yeah. On the nominee, no. Mr. Lady. On the nominee, no. No. Mr. Whitehouse. No. Mr. Coburn. No. Mr. Cruz. On the nominee, no. Mr. Blumenthal. No. Mr. Morono. No. Mr. Booker. No. Mr. Harris. No. Mr. Chairman. Aye. Mr. Chairman, the votes are 11 days, 10 days. The nominee will be reported to the Mr. floor. Mr. Chairman, may I be recognized? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I just want to thank my friend and colleague, uh, Senator Flake, and thank you. Uh, for um, giving us the time today to have a conversation. Um, a number of my colleagues have asked um, for a one-week delay in order that there might be an FBI investigation of what allegations are currently um, before this committee. Um, I respect Senator Flake's view that, in his opinion, it was best to respect your having given Dr. Ford the time to be heard yesterday and advance the nominee to the floor. Um, but it is my hope that we could work together on a bipartisan basis to diligently pursue an FBI investigation within the next week, not for the purpose of delay, but for the purpose of investigating further either allegations made by Dr. Ford or others with a goal towards 
demonstrating a bipartisan commitment to diligently investigating these allegations. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. That's Senator Thank Chris Coons, Democrat Senator from Delaware. Feinstein. Thank you. Uh, I would support that motion. I think we do need this investigation. As a matter of fact, I sort of misunderstood, uh, Senator Flake, what you were doing. I thought it included a one-week investigation. So I would like to support the motion for that investigation. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Uh, we'll take turns here. Senator. Uh, I love this committee, but we're not the majority leader. Senator Flake has made clear what it would take him to be comfortable on a final passage vote. But it doesn't matter what we say here. This will be up to Senator uh, Schumer and Senator McConnell. So It is completely up to them. Yeah, and I think Mr. Jeff Chairman. has made himself very clear. And uh, oh, Senator let's Leahy. move. Senator Leahy. Senator Leahy. Well, Mr. Chairman, I want to make sure, because this is somewhat unprecedented, uh, when I do agree with the senator from Arizona that we, we should have this further investigation. So my understanding is that during the week that that is taking place, there will be no action on the floor of the United States Senate on, uh, on this nomination. Is that correct? Um, that, that cannot. I cannot say that. Uh, uh, let me say again. I'm not making. I can't make that commitment for the the leadership. Uh, I can only say uh, that I would be only comfortable moving forward on the floor. I'll move it out of committee, but I will only be comfortable moving on the floor until the FBI has done more investigation than they have already. Um, it may not take them a week. Uh, I, I understand that some of these witnesses may not want to discuss anything further. But I think we're, we owe them due diligence. Mr. And Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Uh, just a minute. Uh, all I have said to Senator Flake is that I would advocate for the position he took, but I don't control that. Senator. Mr. Chairman. Yes. Senator, Senator Klobuchar. Mr. Chairman, there are other uh, senators as well um, who may be interested in uh, this negotiation on the Republican side. And there's not really a set agreement here. All of us had already said we were voting no. It is simply Senator Flake uh, working with all of us to say for the good of the Senate and the good of the court, the American people deserve to have the facts followed up on. And I really appreciate his willingness um, to do that. And that is what this is about. This is simply about, and by the way, if Senator McConnell wants to go forward in light of that, and we still have several senators that haven't said how they're voting on this nominee. I actually think this is very important, what just happened right now. So Senator, it doesn't have to have an agreement. It is one senator who's standing up. Senator Cornett. Mr. Chairman, I just want to express my appreciation to Senator Flake for allowing this process to move forward. There's some difference of opinion among us as to what exactly the FBI investigation would consist of. Um, some of us think the, it has been concluded and supplemented by this committee's investigation. Others disagree with that. But I respect the fact that uh, not only Senator Flake advocated to give Dr. Ford a chance to appear in front of the committee, um, which was the right thing to do, but also that he's allowed this process to move forward, uh, subject to further discussions about what the FBI may or may not be able to come up with. But uh, certainly he maintains his right to cast his vote, yay or nay, as he sees fit, and maintains uh, significant leverage that way. But uh, I appreciate his 
his support for a full and fair hearing for Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh, as well as his willingness to allow this to go forward subject uh, to his, uh, his request. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Uh, Senator Blumenthal, I think I ought to Sorry. call on uh, Senator Feinstein. And then if I, through the chair, could ask a question of Senator Flake, does your amendment include continuing the investigation during this period of time? If I can respond, uh, there is no amendment. Uh, I'm simply stating and uh, the discussion that we had between us all is that I would hope had some agreement before that uh, the Democrats who have been, I think, justifiably uncomfortable moving ahead uh, could, could publicly, in an effort to bring this country together, um, say that we would feel better. I'm not expecting them to vote yes, but not to complain that an FBI investigation has not occurred. And, and I, I, that, this is what I'm trying to do. This country is being ripped apart here, and, and we've got to make sure that we do due diligence. I think this committee has done a good job, but I do think that we can uh, have a short pause and, and make sure that the FBI can investigate. Thanks. My understanding is that uh, some of us would have to, and I'm prepared to do it, uh, make a request to the White House to ask the FBI to do that investigation. It would be short and limited in scope to the current allegations that have been made. Mr. Uh, Chairman. But, but I, I would just encourage uh, the Democrats who we've talked to before to endorse that kind of thing that, that, uh, that we can then move on. Mr. Chairman. Because of the two-hour rule, we're adjourned. KFI and KOST HD2 Los Angeles. No vote. When did we come in? Uh, when did we, did we come in at noon? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, the two hours. Wow. They can't even agree on when Wow. To to this adjourn. is crazy. This is just crazy. This is uh, nothing surprises me, and yet I was still surprised. So they are getting up and leaving the room. Um, as you may have heard, uh, Senator Jeff Flake, the lame duck uh, Republican from Arizona and oft, oft times critic of President Donald Trump, has shown he still has leverage. He uh, he is calling for a one week pause in taking the vote to the floor of the Senate on Brett Kavanaugh. No more than one week so that the FBI can conduct an investigation into these latest um, allegations going back to 1982 but even as he was doing that, I don't know if you've already got the sound pulled, guys, but uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the committee, went ahead and started taking the vote. The vote on whether to send uh, approval of Kavanaugh to the Senate floor, not, to, not on the motion up to pause and delay it for a week, for an, up to a week for an FBI investigation. And the critical thing was during that vote on the nominee, while Senator Flake had just said that he was uh, proposing a motion to delay this vote for up to a week, he went ahead and voted aye, yes, on Brett Kavanaugh. So it was an interesting um, yes-no moment where I want, I'm moving that we delay this for a week because the country's being torn apart to I'm going to go ahead and vote for the guy. He wants to delay the floor vote. He said, I'm okay with moving it forward as long as you guys agree that we won't do the floor vote until we have the investigation. Right, which he's sort of trying to play both sides, which a typical politician, especially um, you would think he's running for re-election, but he's not. 
interestingly enough, he said that, you know, somebody's going to have to go to the White House to request the FBI investigation, and I'm willing to do that. President Trump is probably uh, got flames coming out of the top of his head right now because he doesn't like this guy in the first place. And uh, Jeff Flake has just thrown a wrench into uh, the entire process. Um, this is amazing to me. I, uh, I, 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 I just first of all, it's very unusual to see a senator, especially of your own party, be interrupted by the chairman to move forward with a vote. But we have seen this all morning where we're going to go to the vote. We're going to go vote. And now we're adjourned. It's um, it's stunning. I'm watching them now. We're seeing uh, Jeff Flake talk to uh, Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy as they try to get out of the room. He was also talking to Nebraska Republican Ben Sass, uh, who is also often a critic of Donald Trump. You've got Lindsey Graham hanging, hanging back a little bit like, can you believe this? <laughs> And, and it's interesting, too, because they sit there and they fight and say all these nasty things. But now, I mean, if you just look at the optics of it, Lindsey Graham was smiling and laughing and talking to another one of the Democratic senators like, hey, dude, OK, the, it's over. Uh, yeah. It's so interesting to watch this uh, unfold. And uh, I, I can only wonder what it's like to actually be in the room now. But, yeah, they're all leaving. And so the next step would be um, going to the White House coming together with how they move next, they never actually, they didn't ever take a vote on his motion. They did never, he make a motion, though? He did. Nobody, or, nobody no, he said, said he would do, He would vote yes if they'd agree, and they kind of went, okay. Yeah, but they didn't, he, yeah. They so didn't the, make it official. The, the only thing they voted on was to approve Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court to take him to the floor. Yeah. His motion on, I think we need to delay either today's vote, which is what the Democrats thought he was talking about, or the floor vote, which I think Flake was trying to uh, evolve his motion on the fly. Well, and he said it wasn't a motion or an amendment. I, he, they did call it. No, he called it a motion. And they never, they didn't do anything. So, so, the, so, so we are at a point where we've just had a bunch of high drama and possibly nothing. Because you know what's going to happen. We all know. The theater, I don't know, again, if Jeff Flake, does he want to run for governor of Arizona at some point? I don't think he's particularly popular. He's not running for re-election. The president hates him. Didn't he talk about running for president he, at one point? I think he did. Uh, the optics, the optics, I hate that word. Sorry, but I love that word, too, at the I same know, time. I know, it's a good word. It's a great word. Optics. The visual of him walking up to the White House to request that the president start an FBI investigation into this thing. I and think, Trump standing at the front door no, and well, slamming yeah, it no. in his face. <laughs> Uh, or Jeff Sessions, the likelihood, I mean, come on, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be all theater and no, we're not. This is ridiculous. Get it over with. Although there are reports, believe them if you, you know, at your peril, that the president was uh, upset yesterday with how that he had not been fully briefed on how credible Dr. Ford would come across. So uh, 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 do we have any of the sound cut? Here's something that led up to it earlier. Before all this happened, before there was this delay in uh, this alleged, I I guess, Harry, yeah, they did have a vote. I'm so used to saying alleged the last few weeks, uh, the last week over this uh, Dr. Ford situation. Jeff Flake was cornered in an elevator by, it looks like from the video, two women who were pleading with him to stop the nomination or to have an FBI investigation. And here's what that audio sounded like. 
that's what you're telling me right now. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my assault doesn't matter. That what happened to me doesn't matter. And that you're going to let people who do these things into power. That's what you're telling me when you vote for him. Don't look away from me. Look at me and tell me that it doesn't matter what happened to me. That you'll let people like that go into the highest court of the land and tell everyone what they can do to their bodies. Uh, so that's how Jeff Flake's morning started. Then, when this meeting was supposed to begin, he had earlier said he was going to vote yes on Kavanaugh, and that pretty much sealed the deal. Everyone thought this vote would kind of like bing, bang, boom, we're done. But then, when the meeting was supposed to start at 1030 local, 130 Washington, D.C. time, suddenly there were not many Democrats in the room. Jeff Flake had left earlier and not come back. And then there were these reports from people in the room saying he was being cornered by Democrats in a room and that Republican members of the committee were going in and out as they were working on something. And, yeah, there's a little side room off the main room, and you could see a bunch of the Democratic senators in there coming in and out. And as I rightly uh, suggested, they were talking about whether or not to do to ask for an FBI investigation. So when they finally came back in... Flake sat down. Senator Grassley said uh, Senator Flake would like to make a statement. And so that's when he made his statement saying, you know, um, that I think it would be proper to delay the floor vote to up to a week. He said what we've been going through has ripped the country apart and it wouldn't hurt. Basically, I'm paraphrasing now that we take a step back for up to a week for the FBI to do a limited investigation into these allegations. Of course, the Republicans have been arguing the entire time. The FBI is not going to do anything different than we can do here. We can call witnesses. We can question witnesses under oath. We can do all these things. It's the same thing the FBI is going to do. They'll go and interview these people. The difference maybe being that the FBI, if the FBI shows up at Mark Judge's beach hideaway, wherever he is, uh, in, in his own home with a couple of agents asking him questions, that is much less of a circus, and perhaps they can get more information um, and without, you know, sending the guy into a depressive bender. However, the White House, the Department of Justice is the one. Only the Department of Justice can order an FBI investigation because it is under the executive branch. So they could go in and everybody in the room could say, yeah, let's do a, an FBI investigation. But the, if the DOJ doesn't want to approve it, then nothing happens. No, but yeah, at the same time, they can subpoena. They have the power to subpoena to their own committee. So the legislative branch does have the power of subpoena to bring people in to be questioned in their in their chamber. It's, um, But they have chosen not to do that. At least the Republican majority, which sways the committee, has chosen not to do that. The other interesting thing is if they do do an, an FBI investigation, as a, a lot of people have been talking about, is how many more yes. allegations are going to come forward in the next three, four days. And then they'll go, OK, now we've got new allegations. We need to delay right. again. OK, we've got new allegations. And, and, and it never ends. And it never ends. And the last two that have come out have just completely been blown out. Well, and we don't even we haven't even heard of them because they were so not credible. Here's the thing. If I may mention, you know, we're seeing Michael Avenatti show up everywhere now. Okay, he's the new Gloria Allred. Why is what? Where's Gloria Allred in this? Okay, where is this? Is her kind of story? All right, this is her kind of case. But she's nowhere. 
Instead, we're starting to see Michael Avenetti show up. Now, why do you think that is? You can say whatever you want about Gloria Allred, but I will give her credit that I think she does some vetting of her clients and their claims before she comes forward. She doesn't take just anybody and throw stuff out there. She's been at this game a long, long time, and she is nowhere on this case. Now, is it because she's no longer in vogue and Michael Avenatti is? Or is it because the claims, particularly the one that he has brought forward with Julie Swetnick saying that there were these, this train of uh, date rape parties that she attended uh, in the uh, Maryland area growing up, a story which even the New York Times wouldn't touch. Gloria Allred's not going to touch. Whew. There's a lot going on right now. We will bring more to you as we get back. We'll have some, uh, if you missed what my uh, what Jeff Flake just said in the Senate Judiciary Committee, we're going to try to turn some of that sound around for you. And uh, I'm going to have to check the president's Twitter feed because battle stations, everyone. Hey, in the meantime, if you're looking to win some money, listen up. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Bank. Okay, answer the phone, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is next hour between 5 and 20, and you have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. Uh, Ignore what I just said about, oh, the president would never uh, agree to an FBI investigation. The AP and others are now reporting that President Donald Trump has told White House reporters that wavering Republican lawmakers have to do what they think is right on the Kavanaugh vote, that he is um, open to a one-week delay on a floor vote of the U.S. Senate so that the FBI can have a limited investigation into the latest allegations. Uh, Also, according to the Associated Press, Trump says he found Kavanaugh's accuser's testimony, quote, very compelling, but says he has no consideration yet of replacing the nominee. This is incredible. Uh, If you just missed it a few minutes ago, Republican Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona, uh, the swing vote on the Judiciary Committee, put forward what at first appeared to be a motion that they delay the vote, at least the committee vote, which is what the Democrats thought. But perhaps he meant the floor vote by the full Senate for up to a week so the invest so the FBI could do a limited investigation of these um, allegations. Uh, cut 14. And I think it would be uh, proper to delay the floor vote uh, for up to but not more than one week uh, in order to let the FBI um, continue uh, to do an investigation limited in time and scope. Uh, to the current allegations that are there and uh, limit in time to no more than one week. And I, I will vote to advance the bill uh, to the floor with that understanding. And I, I've spoken to a few other members uh, um, who uh, on my side of the aisle that may be supportive as well. But that's my position. I, I think that, uh, that we, we ought to do what we can to make sure that, uh, that we do all due diligence with a nomination this important. And I want to say that this committee has acted properly, and uh, the chairman has been over backwards 
to do investigations from this committee and to delay this vote in this committee for a week so that Judge, or that, uh, that Ms. Ford, Dr. Ford could be heard, and she was yesterday. Uh, so, so that's with that agreement, uh, I will vote to advance the bill to the floor. That clarifies it. Uh, Amy, I believe I was, I, I misunderstood him at first. From the very beginning, he was saying that uh, he would vote yes to advance the bill to the floor with the understanding that uh, there would be this up to one week delay. We have some late sound a reaction from President Trump. Well, I'm going to let the Senate handle that. They'll make their decisions, and they've done a good job. Very professional. Uh, I'm just hearing a little bit about it because I've been with the president of Chile, and we're talking about some very important subjects. But uh, I'm sure it will all be very good. Uh, I guess the vote was a positive vote, but there seems to be a delay. I'll learn more about it as the day goes on. I just heard about it uh, because we were together. And what did you think of Dr. Ford's testimony when you heard that? I thought her testimony was very compelling, and she looks like a very fine woman to me. Very fine woman. And I thought that Brett's testimony, likewise, was really something uh, that I haven't seen before. It was incredible. It was an incredible moment, I think, in the history of our country. But certainly she was a uh, very credible witness. She was... Uh, Very good in many respects. And I think that uh, I I don't know if this is going to continue onward or are we going to get a vote. But uh, again, I'm I'm here, so I'm not out there watching because I can't be out of great respect, although maybe we'll go watch together. Okay, we'll watch together. But I think uh, it will work out very well for the country. I just want it to work out well for the country. If that happens, I'm happy. Have you thought at all about the replacement for Judge Kavanaugh? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. What's your message to Murkowski and Collins? I have no message. I mean, they have to do what they think is right. It is no message whatsoever. They have to do what they think is right. They have to be comfortable with themselves, and I'm sure that's what they are. Would you be willing to reopen the background investigation into Kavanaugh? I'm going to rely on... Uh, all of the people, including Senator Grassley, who's doing a very good job. Uh, that'll be a decision that they're going to make, and I suspect uh, they'll be making some decision soon, whether to take a vote or to do whatever else they want to do. I will be totally reliant on what Senator Grassley and the group decides to do. Okay? Are you going to talk about Venezuela today? We're going to talk about Venezuela. Absolutely. I was waiting for okay. that question. All right. So uh, that's uh, President Trump's reactions. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham said afterwards, talking to reporters, that the reason Jeff Flake made this last-minute change is there may actually – it's a very slim – there's only 51 Republicans in the Senate, and you lose one of those – you lose two of those because you lose one, it's a tie. Joe, Mike Pence comes in and breaks the tie. You lose two of those, you've lost the nomination. And there was a sense that some of those Republicans would have liked a little pause and perhaps a bit more investigation. And not only that, there's the possibility that with one week, you could actually bring, and with an investigation, you could bring some Democrats over to voting yes. We'll see if that happens. There are, of course, some Democrats, you could do one week, two weeks, 10 weeks, 10 people will come forward, 50 people. They'll, they'll, never, they'll never prove this because I'm telling you on the Democratic side, this nomination is all about abortion and the right to choose. It doesn't matter who's in there. It's about the right to choose. And by the way, if Kavanaugh goes down, the next person they bring in 
maybe even worse on abortion rights. So be careful what you wish for. In any case, the next step has to be then there has to be a some sort of formal request or informal request to the White House to start this FBI investigation with limitations. And Jeff Flake has said it should be no longer than one week. Hmm. We'll see what happens next. Uh, very fascinating. When we come back, we are going to switch gears. Literally, there is other news going on. Huge story in the stock market and for car lovers here in uh, in California. Elon Musk is being sued by the SEC. The stock has been plummeting. We're going to talk to CNBC's Phil LeBeau on whether Tesla can survive without Elon Musk, whether Tesla can survive with Elon Musk. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. throwback here today as we've been following the developments in the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. He has just been approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, but there may be a one-week delay on the floor vote in the main Senate as um, they they may have an FBI investigation that lasts no more than a week, and the president has said that he's open to it. We're going to switch gears. A huge story going on in the world of business, and you know, how, how often do you see a Tesla on the freeway, on the 101 or the 405? It's like every third car. Well... Tesla's in a whole world of hurt. Shares are down uh, 14% right now after the SEC announced that it is suing CEO and Chairman Elon Musk, founder of the company, for fraud. Apparently, um, over this a tweet he sent out last month where he said he was considering taking the, public private, t- taking the company private at $420 a share. Funding secured. Um, he, the SEC was investigating... They apparently were on the point of a settlement which would require him to not be chairman of the company for two years and to hire outside directors and this sort of thing. And at the last minute, reportedly, he decided to fight this. And so now they are suing him. I don't believe the company. We'll find out shortly. They're suing him for fraud. They want him disbarred from ever being an officer in a public company, which means he could not he could no longer run Tesla, though he could still be its largest shareholder. He'd have to just focus on SpaceX, which remains private for now. What does this mean for the company, for you if you own a Tesla, if you're a shareholder? What does it mean for Elon Musk, whom so many people admire? On the phone with me right now is CNBC's auto reporter, Phil LeBeau, who is all over this story. Phil, how are you? I'm good, Gene. How are you? Good. This is crazy. Uh, what, what evidence does the SEC have that Elon Musk committed fraud? Well, they're going to point to the Twitter trail, uh, and the Twitter trail clearly shows uh, that he made statements that they believe are false and misleading, and in the words of the SEC, caused market chaos. And if you go back to August 7th, when he sent out the tweet saying, considering taking the company private at $420, funding secured, it's those last two words that are most problematic, because... As we now know, there was no deal locked in. Now, Elon Musk has said and continues to maintain, look, I thought that uh, we could get a deal done with the uh, Saudi uh, sovereign fund uh, to uh, fund us going private. But it wasn't a true deal in terms of there was no offer sheet. There was nothing that had been signed off on uh, by either the Saudis or by uh, board members at Tesla. And when you combine that with other comments that Elon Musk has either tweeted out or has made in interviews about his uh, lack of um, 
love, if you will, for those who short Tesla's stock, who want to drive it down, who he believes are trying to ruin his company. Uh, they are essentially saying, the SEC is saying, look, you were trying to manipulate Tesla's stock, drive it up higher, which would force those who are betting against the company to cover their bets. Meaning buying a bunch of shares. Correct. Yeah, and drive Correct. it even higher after that. Exactly. And so that's, their, that's the allegation there. And you are correct that it is only against Elon Musk. Tesla, the corporation, has not been charged by the SEC. That could change. There could be some charges there. But given the fact that this was primarily Elon Musk freelancing and doing this on his own, as we know from the New York Times interview and from other interviews, there was no consultation with board members. This was not a board meeting where they said, this sounds good, let's go forward with this. This was Elon Musk deciding to tweet this out one day. And so I doubt that they're going to go after Tesla, the corporation. Um, And the question remains, why did he turn down, according to uh, our reporting and the reporting from other outlets, uh, a deal to settle with the SEC, which would have allowed him to remain as CEO? So it's quite the soap opera, to say the least. Uh, There are reports that in the SEC complaint, he chose the number 420 uh, to amuse his (laughs) then-girlfriend, the singer Grimes. Is there any smoking gun email or text from, like, uh, investor relations saying, What's what funding and him saying, oh, I'm just kidding around. I mean, is there anything like that that we know about yet? Not yet. And in fact, we've had a couple of former SEC uh, attorneys come on CNBC today who have said, look, if you just look at the complaint right now, and we don't know all the evidence that the SEC has, but, you know, they came out both guns blazing yesterday saying, hey, this guy, no, just because you're a celebrity and a brilliant entrepreneur and a visionary and this generation's version of Thomas Edison doesn't give you the right to send out these tweets. We haven't seen any type of a smoking gun document at this point. We do know from the New York Times interview that he indicated, look, I got I got $419 because I went 20% higher than where right. the stock was trading, and then, I, and then I went up to 420 Read between the lines about whether or not there was a reference to the drug But culture. that's the thing. Read between the lines. That's different than proving intent to, to commit fraud. There's well, also remember, the... you don't have to. It's a civil case. So right. You don't have to prove intent here. You can, the SEC could convict him strictly on the basis of recklessness. And what's happening with the Justice Department criminal investigation? That, that is apparently continuing. And, you know, we have seen this in, in the business world where sometimes you see a separate uh, investigation turn into charges, criminal charges, and maybe the civil charges from the SEC are rolled into that or they're dropped. Um, that's certainly a possibility that is still out there. doesn't mean it's going to happen, um, but that's another cloud that is, to a certain extent, hanging over Tesla right now. Bill, let me ask you, given that Tesla has continued to have struggles with Model 3, it's, it's, it's still losing money. Can Tesla survive... Without Elon Musk, can Tesla survive even with Elon Musk? Uh, Well, let's take the first one. Can they survive without Elon Musk? Uh, They can certainly survive. It's it's a big enough entity that it could survive. It would have, you know, it still needs to raise capital. It needs to come up with money as it expands production. The auto business, it just chews up money. It costs money to build vehicles, to add plants around the world, etc. And they're they're just starting up. They only have that one plant in California. Um, so it could survive. Could it thrive to the degree that investors have enjoyed um, this stock going through the roof over the last five years? I don't think so. 
My personal opinion is that most investors, and the reason this stock trades at the lofty levels that it trades at, is because Elon Musk is the secret sauce. You love the fact that this guy is a, is a visionary who's not afraid to take chances, and those bold chances have paid off. For all of the problems surrounding Tesla and being delayed on models or struggling to turn a profit, Elon Musk has grown this company, and he has developed vehicles that have very faithful owners, that people like these vehicles. These are not, you know, little tin cans that are driving around. No, they're so, beautiful cars. Yeah, they're beautiful cars. Nobody argues. Except when there's a fire, but go ahead. <laughs> so so my, my, my feeling is this. If, if, if you buy Tesla shares, you buy it primarily because of Elon Musk. In Elon, we trust. You see that all over Twitter, on the Internet. In Elon, we trust. Those are the fans of Tesla and who are share- many of them who are shareholders. Now, if he's gone, the company could still survive. It's probably not going to be as excited. Um, and then you bring up a second question. Does it survive if Elon Musk is there? I, I think it survives. I don't think you think Elon he'll Musk, raise the capital and keep it. Afloat. I think he raises the capital. Now, having said that, uh, I would not be surprised, given the backlash that we've seen in terms of public commentary, and we're already seeing a couple of wire flashes from attorneys close to Elon Musk saying, "Hey, a settlement is still a possibility." Don't be surprised if somebody gets through to him at some point and says, <laughs> "You had a heck of a deal here." Yeah, take put, this. Deal. Put down the blunt uh, yeah. and take this deal. My la- my last question for you, Phil, before you go. No matter how this plays out, but especially if he he remain he'll remain the company's largest shareholder even if he's no right. longer running the company. Right. Do at what point does Tesla become a takeover target for? I'm not thinking another automaker. I'm thinking of a, a Jeff Bezos and Amazon or something. You know, is that a possibility? Or am I just uh, going no, too I far? No, I think it's I think it's a possibility. Um, the question becomes um, if somebody were to take over Tesla or to make an offer for Tesla. Um, There's a couple of things here. It would not likely be at the huge valuation and levels that you see um, right now for a couple of reasons. One is because if somebody took over or came in to buy them, they likely – Elon Musk would not go with that company. I mean, let's let's say Bezos comes in and says, I love Tesla and I want Tesla. Is it likely that Elon Musk would work for Bezos? No. It's or that Bezos would want him. I mean, that that would – that's – yeah, not even the earth can contain the two rocket men. He wouldn't do that. Um, and so you lose that secret sauce that is there. You still have a very attractive uh, automaker. And then there's a lot of side parts here that people would be like, do I want Solar City? No, I don't want Solar City. Get rid of them. And what do I do with the Gigafactory where we make the batteries? Okay, that's a big, you know, there's a lot of money that goes into this plant up there in Nevada. So um, I do think that that's a possibility. I don't think it's likely, but, you know, that money talks in this day and age, right? You got it. Phil LeBeau, auto reporter for CNBC. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, I appreciate Dan. your insights. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, folks, just a thought out there. I'm just throwing this out there. Um, if you are a Tesla parts maker or a Tesla mechanic, I would start hoarding parts right now because who knows where this thing is going to lead. They've already lost, at least overnight in the trading, the stock again down 14% today, about a billion dollars in market cap. Market cap right now is $45 billion dollars. And I believe on the day we reported the tweet, uh, it was close to $60 billion. That's a lot of lost money. All right. I got a break. 
Coming back, we will uh, discuss Alyssa Milano's being shamed for what she wore to the Kavanaugh hearing. Yeah, I can't help myself. I have to go back there. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Oh, man, I love that song. And I miss him. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Hey, it's free movie Friday and Adam Tickets, the best app to book your movie tickets, wants to hook you up with passes to see Smallfoot in theaters today. Are you ready? Or Yeti? Are you Yeti? That's funny. Or this must-see animated comedy. Text your, uh, text, what is our station code? It says text your station code. Is that it? To ATOM1. Oh, here it is. That's 2866-1 for your chance to win. Text your station code. Standard. I think it's text reporter. Text reporter? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, text reporter to to go see Yeti. Well, that was brilliant. You, too, can fill in uh, as a radio host in the second largest media market in the country. Standard data and text message rates apply. No one could do it like you, James. Well, that is true. Are you Yeti for more? Sure. Were you Yeti for, uh, very quickly, Alyssa Milano's uh, uh, revealing dress at the Kavanaugh hearing yesterday? We were looking at this and saying, who's that woman back there? What is that? That looks like Alyssa Milano. It was Alyssa Milano. Uh, she, the celebrity uh, actress, is a Me Too advocate, a sexual assault survivor. She attended the hearing. Had her phone, I think, uh, confiscated at one point because she was trying to communicate during the hearing or take pictures. You're not allowed to do that in there. But she was shamed for her cleavage-revealing dress. People were saying it was not appropriate. Uh, that what's she trying to... What 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 is she trying to send as a message? Um, Melissa Milano, Alyssa Milano says one guy, the revealing hashtag inappropriate outfit you wore to the Kavanaugh hearing is in itself revealing to your own motives for being in attendance. Ooh, what, what would the motive be? Then others defended her saying, hey, you know what? That's the problem. She can wear whatever she wants. I don't know. You know, I'm, I feel like when you're at a Senate hearing, you cover yourself up. This isn't a, this isn't a Hollywood thing. She does have a right to whatever wear whatever she wants. But um, I think you also need to take into consideration the context of where you are and the seriousness of what's going on. And uh, I didn't have a problem with she. I thought she was very distracting because we're, she, we all saw her in the background. And there were times I could. But that's because she's beautiful. I think even if she had been all covered up, I'd still be like, who is that? Who is that? I know. Nick, you, what did you think? Well, you ran away. You and I, no, I'm here. You and I and Ray were watching the other room, and for the longest time we couldn't figure out if that was her, if it wasn't <laughs> her. And then I think she tweeted a video of her, her point of view yes. in the back of the room. That's when she got in trouble we with security. Like, yeah, that was Alyssa Milano. That's really Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you had to, like, leave your phones at the door. No, you can bring your phones in. Oh, because when we went to the Capitol we had to leave our phones outside the chambers. Oh, I don't. I mean, when I you, you got to take notes. You got to people now. Yeah. You, oh. um, but you can't be transmitting. You can't be doing, you know, sending tweets and pictures from inside uh, unless maybe you're credentialed press. I don't even know what the standards are for that. Yeah. Her phone was taken away. I think. Probably, I don't know if you already said What do you think of the dress, though? That's the point. She's being shamed for her cleavage. I Her dress is fine. I don't know. Yeah, I that, didn't even notice the cleavage. Do you, oh, that, that is oh, a lie. Nick, that come is a on. lie. And is and is Devil's Triangle a drinking game? 
Plead the fifth. Okay. Uh, by the way, someone tweeted me that he grew up in Maryland uh, around the same time as Brett Kavanaugh. And yes, Devil's Triangle is a drinking game. That's new to me. When we come back, we will catch you up on everything that's happening. Uh, and we're also going to eat on the radio. Jane Wells, Phil. Yeah, oh, we got some good stuff. Ooh, it's we a got good some day. good stuff. Free. Even better. I think it's free. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. Uh, this story from ABC 7 hundreds of people lined up for free tattoos at Arby's in Long Beach. The tattoo had to have an RB theme. And 200 people lined up for a permanent tattoo, RB themed. People are crazy. I'm looking at it. It's like a lot of roast beef sandwich stuff. Um, Horsey sauce? Gotta love Arby's horsey sauce. Uh, I do not because I never go there. Oh. Which is part of the problem, I think. You should go there. It's good. Now, the last time I went, they had like Velveeta on the road. I don't know what their cheese thing is. And it's it was part of why it's good. It's not look, all natural. Look, it's good. I'm, I have um, no standards when it comes to food, but <laughs> I, I think I just discovered a standard. You so don't, uh, You don't have to get the runny cheese. No, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I could also, you know, go somewhere else for lunch than Arby's where, I, where they are attracting business. By offering free tattoos. You have to be high. And it's working. And speaking of high, LAX is going to allow passengers to bring their legal, state legal marijuana into the airport as long as you're 21, as long as you don't have more than an ounce or eight grams of, um, you know, the condensed version, uh, as long as you're not flying to a state where this would be illegal, and as long as you can get past TSA just seems like a whole lot of effort for not yeah. much uh, payoff. Yeah. So you get through the TSA uh, x-ray machine. They see the pot. They could stop you because it's still a federal crime. But what TSA is saying is they will just call police and let police handle it, which I think means nothing will happen. So I think you really can. If you're flying from L.A. to San Francisco or L.A. to Denver or um, L.A. to Seattle. Right, but by the time you go through the security, remember, they check where you're going theoretically. I mean, they just make sure you have a boarding pass when you first get into the TSA area. But then if they flag it as you're going through security, they're going to go, oh, he's got pot. Where's he going? We better check his ticket and make sure he's going to a place that it's legal. It's going to slow down Oh, you are such a party pooper, Amy King. I just don't think we should be smoking pot on planes because you know that's going to happen. I'm not a – I I saw the Rams game last night, and I thought – there was a lot of pot smoke. Okay. Really? More on that later. Joining me joining me in studio right now is caterer, a chef, a bake a master mistress, Amy Diston, whom I know. Oh, my God. What is this? Uh, Amy, what is this? What is this I'm having here? This is a sweet Holy cow. pumpkin hummus. Holy cow. With cinnamon sugar pita chips. Okay. Let me under- explain how I know Amy. There is a whole executive scene in LA Ventura, Santa Barbara counties that we don't even, we think everybody works in the business. There are so many companies here, large companies creating jobs. And I go to a lot of these events and I moderate discussions between uh, CEOs, CFOs. They're all put on by people, media and John Lockhart. And Amy always caters them with fantastic food. And here's the funny thing. She's <laughs> She's a huge KFI fan. 
She serves the best meat, and take that any way you want, uh, I have had. But you are this animal lover. Yes, I am. Are you a vegetarian? Almost. I eat fish, and I eat a little bit of chicken. And you saved this cow from slaughter. Yes, I did. But you have no problem serving slaughtered cow to people like me. I know. Well, I mean, who would I cook for? (laughs) Mark Thompson. That really, yeah, right? (laughs) Who I love. (laughs) Uh, So before we, because in the next segment, we are actually going to talk to the CEO of a cannabis company about what's crazy stuff going on with cannabis stock. So we're, we're, we're bulking up on munchies first. So this is a sweet pumpkin hummus? Yes. Oh, my God. Not bad, right? What's in that? It's pumpkin. It's um, garbanzo beans. It's pumpkin pie spice. Oh, my goodness. A little bit of lemon. Oh, my God. Not bad, right? Did you bring any meat? Yes, I brought you your cheeseburgers. Okay, thank you. <laughs> what? Describe what they are. It's a beef meatball that I use an onion jam, which is basically onions, bacon, and apples all cooked down on a... On the meatball with cheese melted on top. All right. I'm going to front load before we interview CEO Derek Peterson from TerraTech Corp, uh, a cannabis company based here in Southern California, the next segment about the crazy, crazy, crazy trading and whether or not anybody should invest in pot stocks at this point. Uh, so thank you for this. You're welcome. Where can it, people want to find you? Uh, believe me, the food's delicious. Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me. I'm on Facebook. I have a web page. It's amyscakesandcatering.com. And I'm also on Instagram as Amy's underscore custom cakes. Amy Distant, thank you very much. Thank you. If you're looking to win some money, listen up. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bills to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bills to 200-200. Okay, answer the phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is next hour between... 5 and 20 after the hour, you have a chance to win a grand once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. Oh, yeah, life goes on, long after the thrill of living is gone. KFI AM 640 is Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. We'll get to Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour, but there is this headline from the AP that Kavanaugh friend Mark Judge says he will cooperate with any law enforcement agency that investigates, quote, confidentially. Uh, If you missed it, the Senate Judiciary Committee has voted Kavanaugh's nomination to the floor of the Senate, but there may be a one-week delay for a limited FBI investigation if the president gives the go-ahead, and it sounds like he might. Mark Judge, the only other person allegedly in the room when the alleged incident happened, uh, recovering alcoholic and cancer survivor, has been reticent to come forward and has so far said he doesn't recall anything happening. But now maybe he'll talk to the FBI. Okay, the California pot economy was supposed to bring us in about a billion dollars in tax revenues. Hasn't happened yet. There's been a longer uh, transition from illegal to legal in this state than any other state so far. It's been a bit of a, a, a delay. Uh, people kind of like their untaxed marijuana here more than they have in other states. Uh, if you're investing in pot stocks, it has been a crazy up and down, crazy up and down as the DEA has starting to reclassify CBDs, which are... Um, marijuana without the hallucinogen uh, without the THC as not a schedule one but something more um, uh, allowable 
And as they're also allowing a Canadian company to maybe bring some marijuana to for research purposes down to UCSD, these stocks have gone bananas up, down. It's like Bitcoin. Trying to put this in perspective for us right now as someone who's been on the show before, Derek Peterson, the CEO of Terratech Corp., a what you would call a vertically integrated cannabis company based here in uh, Southern California. Derek, how are you? Hey, Jane. Good morning. Thanks for having us on. Uh, what to make of this? Should anybody even touch? It's like Bitcoin. Why? This is this is money you can afford to just throw away at this point, don't you think? Well, I mean, it, it, I was asked the other day, do I think cannabis is in a bubble? And my answer to them was a pretty simple answer. If you think of where cannabis is sold in brick-and-mortar retail dispensaries for all practical purposes, that's the equivalent of a liquor store, right? Liquor and booze is sold everywhere, sporting events, nightclubs, day clubs, airplanes, Disneyland. Cannabis isn't even touched the broad distribution that alcohol has. So it's nowhere even near a bubble. It's in its infancy. Now, are some of the stocks that are traded in the public markets frothy? Absolutely, depending on the economics that we're looking at that are behind particular companies. But when you have a company that's doing 15, 20, or 30 million a year in revenue and trading at a 10 or $15 billion valuation, that's obviously. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, exactly. that, that's I mean, ridiculous. But look, even Terratech stock is you're down in an up market. Um, and uh, the company's not profitable yet as you move forward, uh, it's, I mean, why should, isn't it safer right now, although I know you're not going to say that because, well, you can't really tell people, buy my stock. Um, (laughs) But I just feel like it's, how do we know who's going to survive and who won't? Here's our concern for the U.S. players right now. it's, It's this. We have a federally legal environment in Canada, and these companies are using that environment to go to the capital markets, and they're cross listing on the NASDAQ and the NYSE. That gives them essentially the ability to have access to the institutional capital for these big institutions that want to deploy capital in the space. And I don't remember if the last time we spoke, but I've been saying for a couple years, ultimately we're going to end up in a situation where there's a ton of institutional capital chasing a handful of opportunities. Unfortunately for us and fortunately for them, that handful of opportunities are the Canadian players, which is why we're seeing the market caps in the multi-billion dollar area. And ultimately, they're going, to, they're going to capitalize themselves with billions of dollars up there and deploy that capital down to the U.S. markets by buying up the U.S. players downstream. And what that means is, from our perch, is what, our, what we consider the biggest growth igniter from an economic standpoint that this country's seen in our generation or probably will see in our generation will end up being owned by foreign control. And that's concerning to us from a competitive standpoint, ultimately. Now, you, are, you, do, you grow, you manufacture, and you sell. So some people, that's a, that vertically integrated model is, is somewhat unique. Have you thought of relocating to Canada? I mean, certainly we've looked at opening up our opportunities in the capital markets there. But listen, you know, ultimately the U.S. is the largest cannabis market in the country. California is the fifth largest economy in, in the state. In the the world, I should say. In the world, yeah. So, I mean, the the opportunities here are endless. And I think ultimately what these companies are doing is they're using that environment up there to capitalize themselves. But they know the real growth opportunity at the end of the day is going to be in the U.S. market. And that's really what they want to ultimately saturate, which is where Constellation Brands and Coca-Cola and companies like that are ultimately interested in. What we need to do from a, from a federal standpoint is we need to pass some law that allows states to come up with their own laws that set precedent, it's just like the alcohol industry had at the end of the prohibition, and that will ultimately open up banking for our industry, not only just traditional banking, but investment banking, which will allow us access to the capital markets to compete for job generation, which we're looking at over one million jobs. This industry right now already employs more people than the coal industry. Uh, two quick questions, because we have to go. One, have you been approached to be taken over? 
I obviously can't discuss that. You can't <laughs> even say yes. I um, can't say, but I can tell you this. I can tell you there's a tremendous amount of conversation taking place amongst U.S. players about putting footprints together that make uh, make make us more defensible. And secondly, very quickly, uh, very slow transition here in California from illegal to legal, especially on the grower side, uh, you know. Um, when do you see that changing, if you can answer briefly? Yeah, Jane, you said perfectly. What we need is broader enforcement on the enforcement side of the equation to shut down the gray market shops. And we need better education to consumers so they understand that if you're paying a premium at a regulated store, that premium is because you're getting tested product that's healthier for you. It's not filled with carcinogens and aflatoxins and things that might have an adverse effect on you. All right. Derek Peterson, the CEO of Terra Tech Corporation. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jane. Have a great day. All right. When we come back, we will update you on Swamp Watch. And it's not just all about Brett Kavanaugh. There's a Rod Rosenstein story we got to tell you about. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. All our music today is from 1982. A couple of headlines right now. If uh, Facebook is asking you to log in today, it may be because one of uh, your account was one of 50 million, 50 million hacked in a security breach. Facebook says it has fixed it. Nothing to worry about. Move along, folks. Move along, folks. But uh, that's a pretty, pretty big breach. CEO Mark Zuckerberg says they're looking at it, taking it very seriously, and uh, look, have at it. You know, I have no more privacy. I don't expect privacy. I'm shocked that my financial information hasn't been hacked and used and abused. Uh, You know, I just think I'm lucky. Meantime, Hillary Clinton guest starred in the new Murphy Brown, playing herself, interviewing to be Murphy Brown's secretary. I'm sure it was hysterical. Wasn't that the thing with Murphy Brown, though? She could never keep a secretary? I I, I think I remember that from the show. I mean, it was so long ago, but it was like she could never keep one because she was sort of a tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I I don't need to watch the show. I already know exactly what it is. I already know. I, I don't need to watch it. Because I've already played it out in my head. I know what's going to happen when you have, you know, it's supposed to be played for laughs when Hillary Clinton shows up to apply to be your secretary. That's hysterical. Okay, let's look at Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Well, I think we all know what they're talking about in uh, Washington today. But there is one other story I want to tell you about. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who um, thought he was going to be fired. Then maybe he wasn't going to be fired. And then he was supposed to meet with the president yesterday. But then that got postponed for a week because the president wanted to watch what was going to happen with Brett Kavanaugh. Well, it has been pushed to next week. But at the same time, Rosenstein and House Republicans have agreed to a meeting in a week or two to discuss report the report that he suggested wearing a wire uh, and maybe trying to invoke the 25th Amendment regarding the president, both of which Rosenstein says absolutely is ridiculous. They were going to subpoena him because uh, the House Republicans were going to subpoena him because they want to know more. But apparently the two sides have agreed 
to have a meeting in a week or two. Well, and in perhaps a week, depending on what happens, we may have a vote on Judge Brett Kavanaugh. It is not going to happen on Monday or May. God knows anything is possible at this point. But on Monday, originally, uh, Mitch McConnell made it clear that no matter what happened with the Senate Judiciary Committee, they were going to vote. The whole full Senate was going to vote on whether to to approve Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, uh, all that kind of uh, went to hell this afternoon or this morning, L.A. time, when the Senate Judiciary Committee met to vote on whether to recommend Kavanaugh to the full Senate. First off, Senator Jeff Flake, the lame duck Republican from Arizona, often a critic of President Trump. During a break in the proceedings, you have to understand the Judiciary Committee breaks down 11 Republicans to 10 Democrats. So you have to have all the Republicans together on one team to get this nomination through to the full Senate. Well, he was in an elevator during a break when a sexual a woman claiming to be a survivor of sexual assault cornered him, and this is what happened. That's what you're telling me right now. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my assault doesn't matter, that what happened to me doesn't matter, and that you're going to let people who do these things into power. That's what you're telling me when you vote for him. Don't look away from me. Look at me and tell me that it doesn't matter what happened to me. Whether or not that had an impact, shortly after that, when they were supposed to meet, uh, Flake did not come into the room and neither did many Democrats. And then there was this sort of huddling in a room off the chamber uh, where he was talking with Democrats. Some Republicans were coming in and out. And as they they came out a half hour late, I think, almost, to take the vote on Brett Kavanaugh, Jeff Flake wanted to not necessarily amend, but make a recommendation. Here it was. And I think it would be uh, proper to delay the floor vote uh, for up to, but not more than one week, uh, in order to let the FBI um, continue uh, to do an investigation limited in time and scope uh, to the current allegations that are there and uh, limited in time to no more than one week. And I, I will vote to advance the bill uh, to the floor with that understanding. And I, I've spoken to a few other members uh, um, who uh, on my side of the aisle that may be supportive as well. But that's my position. I, I think that, uh, that we, we ought to do what we can to make sure that, uh, that we do all due diligence with a nomination this important. And I want to say that this committee has acted properly and uh, the chairman has been over backwards uh, to do investigations from this committee and to delay this vote in this committee for a week so that judge or that uh, that Ms. Ford, Dr. Ford could be heard and she was yesterday. Uh, So so that's with that agreement, uh, I will vote to advance bill to the floor. Okay, there was some confusion, though. The Democrats on the committee, it sounded like at least some of them thought that he was wanting to vote on whether to have a one-week delay so that this investigation could happen. And they sort of thought that was the deal when it appears Flake was merely saying, no, I will vote yes out of this committee on Kavanaugh, 
with the understanding that we're going to delay the floor vote in the Senate for a week so we can conduct a short-term investigation with the FBI. Uh, Diane Feinstein, question. I, I think she thought, wait a minute, this isn't what I agreed to. Here's what she asked. Does your amendment include continuing the investigation during this period of time? Uh, if I can respond, uh, there is no amendment. Uh, I'm simply stating and uh, the discussion that we had between us all is that I would hope, and I, I think we had some agreement before, that uh, the Democrats who have been, I think, justifiably uncomfortable moving ahead uh, could could publicly, in an effort to bring this country together, um, say that we would feel better. I'm not expecting them to vote yes, but not to complain that an FBI investigation has not occurred. And and I, I that this is what I'm trying to do. This, this country is being ripped apart here, and and we've got to make sure that we do due diligence. I think this committee has done a good job, but I do think that we can uh, have a short pause. And, and make sure that the FBI can investigate. Thank My understanding is that uh, some of us would have to, and I'm prepared to do it, uh, make a request to the White House to ask the FBI to do that investigation. It would be short and limited in scope to the current allegations that have been made. Mr. Uh, Chairman. But, but I, I would just encourage uh, Democrats who we've talked to before to endorse that kind of thing that, that, uh, that we can then move on. Mr. Chairman, because of the two-hour rule, we're adjourned. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, and that was that. And by the way, can we stop saying what a great job the committee's done and what a great job the chairman's done? Can we all agree that the last couple of days nobody did a great job, except maybe you think Dr. Ford did, or maybe you think Judge Kavanaugh did? Uh, it's just this is not a shining moment. So let's stop patting each other on the back about that. So, as Senator Flake pointed out. It's up to the president. Someone has to go to the White House to ask for an FBI investigation. The president has already been asked about it. His reaction? Um, different than the norm. We will have that when we come back. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640, it's Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. At the top of the hour, we're going to speak to a farmer who has been fighting the UFW, whose own farm workers have been fighting the UFW for six years. They voted five years ago on whether or not to decertify the union. And after the union fought and the state's Agricultural Labor Relations Board fought to to not have those votes counted, the California Supreme Court ordered them counted. And we will discuss the result of that vote and what it means next for him in what has been an expensive, difficult battle of him, not just against the union, but against the state. The two are one and the same. The state and the union were one and the same. That's at the top of the hour. Right now, we're continuing with Swamp Watch. Uh, breaking news, Senate Republicans have agreed to allow a week for an FBI investigation into new allegations into the background of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Other news coming out, uh, this from U.S. News. Fox News has fired a contributor, Kevin Jackson, after he called women who accused Kavanaugh of crimes, quote, lying skanks. So he's out. No, that's uh, no, 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 no. I don't think you could do that before the Me Too movement. You couldn't do that. 
So it's up to the president to determine whether or not there should be an FBI investigation because the FBI is part of the executive branch. The Senate cannot order an FBI investigation. They have to ask the president. And one would think that the president would have no intention of doing this because he wants Brett Kavanaugh confirmed. And he can't stand Jeff Flake from Arizona who brought this up. But when he was asked about it today, uh, he took a very different tone. And it may indicate that, as some reports suggested, how impressed he was with Dr. Ford. Here's what the president said. Well, I'm going to let the Senate handle that. They'll make decisions and they have a good job. Very professional. Uh, I'm just hearing a little bit about it because I've been with the president of Chile and we're talking about some very important subjects. But uh, I'm sure it will all be very good. Uh, I guess the vote was a positive vote, but there seems to be a delay. I'll learn more about it as the day goes on. And I just heard about it uh, because we were together. And what did you think of Dr. Ford's testimony when you heard that? I thought her testimony was very compelling, and she looks like a very fine woman to me. Very fine woman. And I thought that that's testimony, likewise, was really something uh, that I haven't seen before. It was incredible. It was an incredible moment, I think, in the history of our country. But certainly she was a uh, very credible witness. She was... Uh, very good in many respects. And I think that uh, I, I don't know if this is going to continue onward or are we going to get a vote. But uh, again, I'm I'm here, so I'm not out there watching because I can't be out of great respect, although maybe we'll go watch together. OK, we'll watch together. But I think uh, it will work out very well for the country. I just want it to work out well for the country. If that happens, I'm happy. Have you thought at all about a replacement for Judge Kavanaugh? Not even a little bit. All right, so that's the president there. He he thought Dr. Ford was credible, but he claims he has not even begun for a moment to think of a replacement for Brett Kavanaugh. So again, Senate Republicans have agreed to a one-week delay. Now, why is this? This is not to convince any Democrats. This is not to convince Democrats to vote for Judge Kavanaugh. This is to convince all the Republicans in the Senate to do that. There were some wobbly Republicans who were like, hey, you know, I'd like to know more information, including Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. And you can only afford to lose one Republican, get one no vote from a Republican senator. If you get two, this thing is over. So this one week delay is to satisfy the 51 members, uh, Republican members of Congress, uh, of, of the Senate uh, to vote for Kavanaugh. I, I, I can't imagine it would be a miracle if any, any Democrats came over to the other side. That's what this is about. That's what this is about, is getting the GOP all convinced that they can go back to uh, their constituents and say, hey, we gave it a week. The FBI looked into this. We found nothing there more than we already knew. Except Mark Judge, the third person who was allegedly in the room when this happened in 1982, said that he's now willing to talk to the FBI confidentially. Uh, He's an interesting guy, recovering alcoholic, cancer survivor, says he suffers from depression and anxiety. We'll see what happens there. So a one-week delay, allegedly, at this point. We won't see a vote on Kavanaugh until perhaps a week from today or a week from Monday. Coming up next, again, we're going to speak with a farmer who took on the state and the state's most powerful agricultural union and won. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. 
KFI AM640, Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. Every time we play one of these songs from 1982, I just think Amy King is going to jump out of that seat and start dancing. I love it. It is, this, uh, yeah. It's not that bad. Some of the songs were great. We're celebrating fall right now, all things pumpkin. Uh, Chef Amy Diston is in here. She has been, I'm eating some pumpkin pesto. We've had pumpkin chili, pumpkin hummus, pumpkin bread. I hear there's a pumpkin cheesecake coming. Have you had Have you had any of this, Amy? Uh, I tried the hummus, which was lovely, yes. and uh, and I got a meatball. Oh, the, oh yeah, forget it was the meatball. Like, yeah, to die for. Yeah. So uh, good with, yes. with the melted cheddar cheese on top. I know. Come on. Crazy. Crazy good. Uh, she is at Amy's lower, what do you call the lower hashtag thing? Underscore. Amy's underscore custom kicks. On <laughs> the, lower the lower thing. <laughs> I'm like making the motion here, trying to say it. Okay, speaking of food and agriculture, the state's largest peach grower has, I, I've been talking about this story since I started filling in at KFI back um, at least five years ago. This story has been going on for at least five years. Garowin Farms, which uh, grows peaches in the Central Valley, ha- the UFW showed up, had a contract in 1995, and then for whatever reason disappeared. Showed up 17 years later, by the way, when the union was bringing in a lot less money, and suddenly said, we're the union here. And everybody's like, who are you? Where have you been? I didn't, I didn't vote for you. I didn't even work here at the time. Huge, huge controversy as he went to battle with the union. His own farm workers organized to vote to whether or not to keep the union or to decertify the union. Meantime, the state board that oversees this, the Agricultural Labor Relations Board, that is a state board, forced a union contract on the farm because only in California is that legal that you can tell a single employer, not an entire industry, one employer, what he or she can pay for work. This has been going on. They they fought both the AL, um, ALRB and the UFW to lock these votes that were taken by the farm workers back in 2013 to not be counted. This went through the courts and the courts is the courts as Garawan and his farm workers demanded that the votes be counted. The whole other issue of whether or not the state can force a contract on him went all the way up to the California Supreme Court. Which ruled? We will find out right now. Farmer Dan Garwin's on the phone with us right now. Dan, how are you? Good, Jane. How are you? Good. So the court ruled what and what happened? Well, first of all, you mentioned that there was a contract in 95. There, in fact, has never been a contract at our company. UFW won the vote of our employees in 1990 and then literally disappeared. Didn't stick around to even try to negotiate a contract. Came back in 2012 and told our employees, who were the highest paid in the industry, that they they would then have to start paying to keep their jobs and that they would have no choice, and that the government was going to literally write and force a contract on them against their will. That contract, by the way, would have lowered their take-home pay. Because they had to pay union dues. Because they had to pay union dues, and the people Jerry Brown assigned to write the contract, the wage increases they wrote into it actually didn't keep up with the natural wage increases that we were going to give anyway. But let's fast forward to now. I really, because of time, the the Supreme Court. Fast forward to now. The forced contracting law that we challenged was, in fact, found constitutional by the California Supreme Court. Which is outrageous. 
And we are appealing that to the U.S. Supreme Court, and that partially plays into why the ALRB, the State Ag Labor Board, actually counted the votes and actually decertified the union. Because it doesn't matter now. It, well, it, it, they want to make moot our appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court because they know that this U.S. Supreme Court will absolutely strike down the idea that three people appointed by a governor can literally write and impose wages on farmers and farm workers. So our, farm, our, our employees, the votes were finally counted. It was 1,098, no union, 197 for the UFW. That's more than a five-to-one margin. Eighty percent of our employees were against being in the union. If there was ever any doubt in anyone's mind why the state ag labor board was refusing to count those ballots, we all know why now. Uh, you were accused of uh, illegal actions during this uh, decertification effort. What, hap- what impact did that have on the high court's decision, the state high court's decision? Well, the, state, the, the decision the state, high, uh, the state high court made was not to accept the appeals court decision ordering the ALRB to count the ballots. So, in other words, when the state high court said it was okay to write and force contracts on workers, they justified it by saying, Workers can decertify if they want. So when the ALRB and UFW then appealed to the state Supreme Court and said, you guys need to overturn what these three judges have ordered us to do, I think the California Supreme Court looked at it and said, not quite. We can't, over, we can't destroy votes after we already said employees can decertify. So okay. by not acting, by not accepting that appeal, the, the three-judge order to the ALRB to count The employees' votes stood, they were counted, and the UFW has been ousted, and the ALRB has been exposed for the complete corrupt agency that it is. But you still have this contract that has been forced on you, and so now you have to go to the UFW. It was never forced. It was set aside pending all of this. So this contract is never. Okay. But this. There has never been a contract, ever. But I mean, the ALRB. Uh, what they have forced it was, written, it was written, and we continued to challenge it, as our employees continued to challenge it, and it was kept at bay pending this vote. I count, got it. And now it will not be forced on them. All right. So you can do whatever you uh, want, whatever the market will bear in terms of la- wages and, and whatever state regulations already exist. The union Just has like been decertified. Right. Yes. The union's been decertified. There is no contract yes. that uh, has been forced on you at this point. You have won. How much has this cost you? It's cost us many, many millions. Why did you do it? Why? We did it for two reasons. Number one, it would not have been right to our employees to allow a contract to be forced on them against their will. They have the right to choose. And now they've been vindicated in that right to choose. They struggled, Jane, for years for the same rights that we all enjoy. And let's be very clear about this. These are Latino immigrants struggling for the same rights that everyone else has, struggling against the very agency that's job is supposed to be to protect those Latino immigrants, farm workers, but instead had their jackboots on the throats of those farm workers trying to force them to pay into a union that doesn't even represent 1% of California farm workers. Have you had a hard time getting workers because of the, I mean, there's all other, other reasons for a farm labor shortage. Has this had any impact on keeping or, uh, or hiring workers? On the contrary, we've had a long history of paying the industry's highest wages and being the preferred employer of farm workers, so no. And they're very loyal, especially that we're standing behind them and their struggle for civil rights. And are you taking this 
uh, law, this California law that allows the state to create a contract and force it on an individual employer. Are you taking that all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court? And that we have a writ of search right now into the U.S. Supreme Court. And that's not just enforcing it on employer, Jane. It literally is forcing it on workers. And these are so-called contracts that are not ratified or rejected in a vote. Our employees were told by ALRB and UFW, we're going to force this on you. If you don't pay for it, you will be fired. And by the way, Jane, our employees have done the largest farm labor protests in California history. That contract, had it been forced on them, had a clause to strip them of that continued protected right to protest. In fact, yes, the government wrote a contract to say, you will be fired if you continue to go on strike protests against us. Well, good luck at the Supreme Court. We'll see uh, who the ninth justice may be when when you get there. Dan Garawan, thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. Obviously, this story is not over. When we come back, when's the last time you took a complete week off for vacation? A full week. By the way, if you're looking to win some money so you can go on vacation, listen up. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Answer the phone. Answer, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is next hour between 05 and 20 after. You have a chance to win $1,000 every hour, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. So do it. KFI AM 640. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. They will be back on Monday. Looks like on Monday there will not be a vote on the Senate floor for Brett Kavanaugh. It looks like uh, they are going to take one week to have an FBI investigation and walking in right now. Holy cow, what is that? Amy Distin, I've gained 500 pounds since you arrived. Uh, She's bringing in a pumpkin cheesecake. Uh, Is that just for me? It's a pecan pie pumpkin cheesecake. All right, I'm going into a coma. Which will help me because I don't know about you guys, but the whole scooter situation uh, in Santa Monica, or I saw it down in San Diego, especially down in San Diego. I saw it in um, the lamp, uh, gas lamp. Golly, I can't. Boy, too much sugar. Uh, You know, these bird and lime scooters, they're just left everywhere. They're left everywhere. And I kind of find the people who are riding them, um, I'm sorry, I think you're obnoxious. Uh, But... Because they're all hipsters. They're all wearing man buns and, you know, uh, women with perfect posture. <laughs> I know. Jane is totally distracted, I will have you know. I know. I'm, I'm trying, pumpkin yeah, cheesecake I'm to focus, sitting next focus, to her. Focus. So, according to the L.A. Times, we now have our first conviction for, I would say, scootering under the influence. But they call it scooting under the influence. And S-U-I. <laughs> to me, scooting. Yeah. Scooting under the influence, I have done. Scootering under the influence, I have not. But according to city attorney Mike Fuhrer, they secured a misdemeanor conviction against Nicholas Kaffroth, 28 years old, of course, who was riding a bird scooter on a sidewalk in West L.A. when he knocked a pedestrian to the ground and scooted away to, I would say scootered away, to a nearby apartment building without stopping to render aid. When police officers found him, they say his blood alcohol level was measured at 02 Seven nine. Ooh, that's a lot. 
that that's like four five times four uh, well, times the what is it point zero eight yeah it's like four yeah. and a half why um how can you even get on the how can you even stand up to you know that's when you really are scooting scooting as opposed to scootering under hmm. the influence because I would not be able to stand up uh, so they're saying this is happening more and more in fact the LAPD is creating a code that will allow officers to track scooter collisions the way they do with bicycles. Because earlier this month, according to the Times, a 25-year-old man rode a scooter into an LAPD drunk driving checkpoint in West L.A. and failed a field sobriety test. I would say so. I mean, that's Brett Kavanaugh drunk, if you believe him. And he may not have ever gotten that drunk. This last thing before we go to break. Half of Americans have not had a week-long vacation in more than a year. Uh, This is according to Alliance Global Assistance. 51% of Americans haven't had a vacation more than a year. 38% haven't had a week-long vacation in more than two years. A vacation being described as a leisure trip of at least a week to a destination at least 100 miles from your home. And in fact, the number of Americans who consider an annual vacation important to them was 65%. So two out of three a couple years ago said, yeah, annual vacation is important. That is now down to 41%. That's so sad. Vacations are so important. I always take every single day available. Um, And I also wonder, though, if, Amy, part of this is because... We're all paranoid of losing our jobs. Or we're just getting new jobs. We're just coming back into the workforce. Oh, so you don't have as much vacation time? Oh, yeah. You just started a job. You don't get anything for the first six months. You know, as unemployment has gone down and hiring gone up, we switched. We, you, know, you switch jobs. That's true. And then there's, there's the thing about people who go on vacation. I, I have a friend who is on vacation right now in Hawaii, and she was like, you can call me if you need anything. For, and I was like, no, you, you shouldn't uh, be doing it. work. Put your phone down, leave it in your hotel room, and go have fun. Just disconnect, and you need it for your brain. I think you need, you need it for, it for your, I think like you need your for well-being. Everything. I even think a staycation is is wonderful. Sometimes better. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's Free Movie Friday and Adam Tickets, the best app to book your movie tickets, wants to hook you up with passes to see Smallfoot in theaters today. Are you Yeti for this must-see animated comedy? <laughs> Thank you. Text reporter to... <laughs> yeah, I'm here all week, which ends in an hour. Uh, reporter to... Text reporter to ATOM1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. Standard data and text messages rates apply, may apply. When we come back, we are going to take a a very serious turn. If you were in Las Vegas one year ago this weekend um, on a Sunday evening, you may never be the same again. And we will talk about what's happening in Vegas and um, if we will ever know why Stephen Paddock did this. Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. By Ian Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. Were you in Las Vegas one year ago this weekend? Were you there on Sunday night? Were you at the Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival where 58 people were slaughtered, 851 injured, over 10 minutes? Over 10 minutes. 
before 64-year-old Stephen Baddock killed himself as law enforcement were finally about to make their way into his room on Mandalay Bay. Here's just, I can't believe it's been a year. It was October 1st was the date, but that was a Sunday night. So it was a year ago this Sunday going into Monday when this happened. And here's just a bit of some of the chaos you could hear over the police body cameras as that went down. Get them down. Get them down. Hey, you guys, get down. Go that way. Get out of here. There's gunshots coming from over there. Go that way. Go that way. There was 10 minutes of that. You heard someone in there saying, that's fireworks. No, that was gunshots. 10 minutes, which must have seemed like an hour. Uh, If you were there, I'd like to know what your thoughts are one year later, if you've been back to Las Vegas, uh, how it has changed your life or your outlook Uh, Give us a call. We'll be taking your calls in the next segment, 1-800-520-1KFI, 1-800-520-1534. On Monday, the actual anniversary, October 1st, many of the uh, signs on on the strip, many resort marquees will go dark to commemorate the anniversary. There will be a reading of the 58 names. The names of each victim will be read at the Las Vegas Healing Garden. There are other things going on um, throughout the the weekend and actually happening right now to remember that time. But we still don't have a motive. Why did 64-year-old Stephen Paddock do this? Why did he meticulously plan to take over these two rooms at Mandalay Bay? People knew in Vegas he he was a frequent gambler, high-stakes gambler, kind of a weirdo but nothing that would indicate he was going to create the worst mass murder in modern U.S. history. Allegedly, not even his girlfriend knew. Uh, And the chilling security video, I don't know if you remember seeing it, as he would bring in the guns bag after bag. A few things have changed. I covered the story. I got there a few hours after the massacre happened and was there for the week as the story unfolded. Uh, immediately you could start to see at places like the Wynn Resort, they started to bring in metal detectors. You know, Vegas casinos have more security cameras than anywhere else in the world, probably. They just didn't have them trained down hotel hallways at the time. That has changed to some extent. Housekeeping has now been trained to uh, look more closely at bags, to check on a room within 24 hours, even if somebody has the do not disturb sign on there. Why did he do it? Well, the uh, police finished their investigation a couple months ago and then said, unfortunately, they were unable to determine a motive. We're still waiting for the FBI report. It will not be out in time for the anniversary According to the Associated Press, special agent in charge Aaron Rouse said he doesn't expect the report, which includes information collected from nearly 1,000 agents in the U.S. and 25 countries, will pinpoint a motive. The report instead will focus on how this happened. Can it happen again? What are we going to try and stop it the next time? 
The FBI in this uh, story is confident Paddock is the only shooter that he killed himself as police were closing in. Uh, They said the attack did not involve a broader conspiracy. Quote, will you have a a definitive why? I can't say that for sure, the agent said. What I can say is that absent talking to the person who committed this heinous act, I believe that we'll have a great deal of information, enough for people to understand to the extent possible why this happened. We haven't seen that report yet. We're still waiting for it. It's a behavioral analysis of him. Perhaps we'll get more information about his movements, his background. I mean, the only thing that was really sort of striking, he he and his brother, I mean, they're all... They're all pretty wacky. Uh, He, of course, is evil, and he's gone. And uh, he was the son. His father was a bank robber who was uh, a nut job, who was on the FBI's most wanted list for a time back in the day. But none of this this managed to um, manifest itself in a visible way to people during his life. Were you there? Were you there? How has it changed you? Have you gone back? Is Vegas different for you now? Call me at 1-800-520-1KFI, 1-800-520-1534. Jane Wells filling in for, uh, for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for Gary and Shannon. They will be back on Monday. Monday will be October 1st, the anniversary of the massacre in Las Vegas, which happened on a Sunday evening last year. Uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles is the number one feeder market for Las Vegas. It seems like I know every everybody knows somebody who was at that concert that night across from Mandalay Bay when Stephen Paddock opened fire killing 58 and injuring 851 people. Were you there? Call at 1-800-520-1KFI, 520-1534. Chris, you were there. Uh, has it changed your feelings about Vegas or going back? Well, ironically, Jane, uh, I'm actually driving home from Vegas. I was just there the last couple of days. And had how often have you been back since um, since a year ago? This is my second time. Um, I, I live in Orange County. So, obviously, you know, we we can be there in four hours, so it's convenient, and we do enjoy going. Um, But it it, it does. It it affects you. When you played that clip, I had chills going through my body just instantly. What happened to you? What was your experience? Uh, We had a group of nine. Um, When the shooting started, uh, we couldn't believe it like most people. It took uh, just a few seconds to realize uh, because I actually saw people get shot and go down. And it was every man and woman from themselves. You just, you just, you just fight or flight. We ran, and uh, and I was fortunate that myself and, and our group, nobody got hurt. Has it changed anything about how you would? Will you go to open air concerts or be near, you know, high rises, anything like that? Well, like I said, I just came from Vegas. Uh, I was actually at Mandalay. There was an event there that I went to, and walking in there for the first time. Um, was a little eerie, um, and it does make you think. Um, I was at an event in Vegas a month after that for a, another auto event, and there was backfires from the cars. And you you turn and you look. And yeah, you're just a, you're just a lot more aware. Um, but some of us in our group are doing better than others. I, fortunately, am doing better than some of our friends. Uh, Chris, uh, thanks for calling, and I hope you and your friends. Uh, 
continue healing. Randy, you were there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, my thoughts are similar to his. Uh, unfortunately, it has changed a lot of my um, innocence about going to different things. Um, I, I typically now am more aware of situation around me. I'm constantly looking to see if there's anybody that's out of place that shouldn't be there. I was always aware of my situation before, but not to this degree. Um, while we were at the event, um, fortunately, I go shooting a lot, so I knew immediately what was going on. Pretty much pinpointed where the gentleman was at. I say gentleman lightly because that's typically how I speak. But I became irate immediately, pulled my girlfriend, started running with her. She's telling me it's firecrackers. I told her, no, it's not right there where he's shooting from. I ended up getting us into a structure that was in between both grass pads and yelling at people to get in there to get down because nobody could see inside of it. Um, young lady that was standing in front of us where the canvas was, I told her to get in. About 30 seconds later, a round went right through where she was standing. At one point, he started just, I think he was trying to shoot over it and just lit the structure up we were in because it was just thin metal to divert people around the lighting tower. I'm leaning up against it. Everybody's screaming and yelling. I'm trying to keep them calm. And every round I could feel going through it because I got my back and I'm sitting up against it to keep it from moving. Uh, we got out of there, told her not to look around. She did exactly what I asked her to do, got her out, ended up getting to her safe place. A young man fell. He see his body just stopped. Me and another guy got out, started working on him. As we're pumping on his chest to give him chest compressions, he's throwing blood up. He ended up dying on us. So um, then we had to cover him up at that point. Randy, so my situation is completely different to some degree. Have you been um, back to Las Vegas since? Well, ironically, I went back a week later. I, I ride a Harley, and one of my buddies a year prior, I told him I'd, I'd go to the bike week with him. Went down there, and I was as comfortable. I was not comfortable at all. Didn't like anybody around me. Didn't like the noise. I couldn't get out of there quick enough. Um, and can you believe it? Can you believe it's been a year? Um, you know, I, I I can to some degree, but I tell you what, it, it doesn't leave you. It's it's one of these things you'll always have to live with. And I still become irate with some of the people and the way they act. Um, and if the gentleman is listening or somebody knows him within his group, they really need to check him real quick before somebody lays him out. Because I was at a Jason Aldean concert last weekend. This group of people, these four women, two guys are wearing survivor shirts, which that's your choice to wear that. But I will not because it's not about me. He's standing on a chair grabbing women's heads and then bringing them back and forth to his crotch okay. wearing this survivor shirt. Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, Randy, thanks for your call. Uh, that that last, I'm not quite sure where to go with that. Um, uh, Gus, we don't have time to take your call, uh, but Gus was going to say he lives in Vegas and it feels like nothing's changed, like like nothing ever happened. Um, there is that sense when I go back there now for work that um, that things are mostly back to normal, but it's still it's still not quite the same they still have that area fenced off where the massacre happened and you know i think it'll be a long time or ever never before there's a sort of an open air event like that anywhere near 
a tall building. Uh, again, in Las Vegas, they will be dimming the lights on Monday and reading the names of the 58 victims. The FBI is still has not released its report, which will be a behavioral background on the killer. We still don't know why he did it. We may never know why he did it. But folks, hug people you love today. Hug them this week and appreciate what you have. It's Jane Wells. Gary and Shannon will be back on Monday. KFI AM 640. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCU. Anyway.